Hey guys, welcome to Make You Remarkable, a brand new podcast brought to you by Oconee State Bank. I'm your host, JT Tomlin, and on this podcast, we're going to be talking all things leadership, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Our goal is to ignite purpose and inspire passion in our listeners by asking them the question, how will you make you remarkable? We'll be interviewing local legends, business owners, and leaders within our communities and asking them about their road to success. Like what kind of steps did they take to get where they are now? What does it mean to be a leader and how can I lead my team? As well as what kind of mark they've made and what kind of mark they hope to leave in the future. This is going to be an amazing podcast and we cannot wait for you to listen to it. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and follow us on social media at Oconee State Bank for more information. Today, I'm joined with Neil Stevens, and we're going to be talking about what it means to make you remarkable and what this podcast is and what, who it's for. So, Neil, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Neil Stevens, uh, president and CEO of Oconee State Bank, and been with the bank for about six years. And what else you want to know? What's your story? What made you get into banking? Oh, gosh, that goes back about 32 years. I was a finance major um, and uh, did not intend to stay in banking. I took a job in banking uh, because uh, my brother uh, was in banking, had a great career in banking, and he suggested that I give it a try and said, there's a lot that I can learn even if I don't stay in the industry. I can learn a lot about business, and so I did. And, gosh, 33 years later, here I am. I really fell in love with the business, and it was uh, – a great story. That was way back in the late 1980s when I began. So, Wow, and so here you are. You're still here. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, how long have you been in Athens? So we came here about six years ago. Uh, I was uh, grew up in Macon and stayed there for a, a number of years and was transferred to Atlanta with the bank I was with and worked there for about 25 years. And then the opportunity came to come to the Athens area, and um, that was back in 2016. And so... Joined Oconee State Bank in October of 16. Does it feel full circle to have a branch coming to Macon? It is, it is really cool to see us expand into the Macon market. And that was not part of the original plan. Uh, we do everything uh, based on talent and the recruits that we can find. And we had just happened to find an incredible banker uh, in the Macon market. And so that's the reason we uh, chose to, to expand there. But that was not part of the original plan. But... It is cool to go back home and visit my mother and then know that, hey, we got a location here. That's really cool. Like, Mom, I know the perfect banking for you. you That's need right. To, you need to go to Oconee State Bank. No it's doubt. perfect. No doubt. <laughs> and the rest of the family, too, and, and friends. So what does an average day look, for, look like for you at Oconee State Bank? Oh, gosh. Is there an average day? I don't think there That's is a such question. a thing. Um, but I, spend, I try to spend the majority of my time thinking long thinking about the, the future of the bank, where we're headed, and to think about the big uh, obstacles that may be in our way and strategically how we navigate those obstacles and to daily try to cast a vision uh, to ensure that we are maintaining a sound culture in our organization as well as to ensure that we have the right people in the right seats uh, to get the job done and uh, and to try to be a, a motivator and to get out of people's way, be a cheerleader, uh, get the right people there, be a cheerleader and uh, and help us, um, you know, move things forward. So that entails a lot of different things. Um, and that's what I like about my job. There's no single day that's the same. It's, it's always a different challenge. 
So you talk a lot about culture and how culture impacts Oconee State Bank. Give us a little bit more insight into that. Well, culture, I think, is the secret sauce to any successful business. Um, you know, most, let's take a bank, for example. I mean, we have uh, the same ATMs as everyone else. We have the same mobile b- banking platforms as everyone else. Uh, we have tellers. They have tellers. We have commercial bankers. They have commercial bankers. Our money's green. Their money's green. I mean, there's no real difference. So you start thinking about what makes an organization different and sets it apart. And I'm convinced it's the people you hire. But in order to hire and retain great people, you got to have a great culture. And uh, I define uh, that culture, the word culture can be overused, but I think it's a place that is, is high challenge, where there's lots of, there's a high standard, but that also embodies very high support, where people are connected, where they care about one another, and fostering a place where a team uh, wants to serve its uh, each other. They want to serve each other and the good of the whole as opposed to being self-serving. There's, you know, there's good cultures in organizations, and there can be very bad um, uh, toxic cultures in organizations, and those are cultures that are high challenge, but they're very low support where, you know, everyone's out for themselves, and that's a, that's a bad place to be. So I think that's the, that's the secret sauce of what we're, what we're doing. And any, any great company that sustains, I think you can attribute it to a great culture. What keeps it from fading away or, you know, like that, that uh, initial desire to keep that really great culture and then all of a sudden it kind of fades off? How do you keep it going? Well, a culture is nothing more than a reflection of the team that makes up that culture, right? So I think the key there is to hire great people who are engaged, who love their work, uh, and they keep it going. Uh, It's not leadership has to foster it. I mean, that's my responsibility to make sure that it remains sound and that I set the tone and uh, but it's the team. Uh, it's people like, you know, our marketing group. It's, it's, it's the deposit operations group, the loan operations group, the commercial bankers. I mean, every day them living out um, uh, or living and, and working in a way that is selfless and that puts the company first. And if you hire the right people who are engaged and love what they do, and we as a management team foster that, the culture continues to sustain because of the individuals because a culture is nothing more than it's a, is a, a sum of, of everyone that's working there. So, Dang, that's some really good answers. <laughs> that's, that's important. I think about this stuff a lot. <laughs> no, it's good. It's amazing. So, what is the mission of Oconee State Bank? Our mission is to create remarkable experiences that significantly mark the lives of others. And I think the real key there is marking the lives of others. It's not about us. Um, It's about what we can do to make a difference in the lives of other people. And we feel if we do that, that we will become essential to the lives, businesses, and communities we serve, which happens to be our, our actual vision statement, to be essential. And that's to be absolutely needed in someone's life or someone's business. And I think when you create remarkable 
in such a fashion that it marks their lives, our customers' lives and our prospects and employees and everyone, then automatically we, we, we become essential to them. So, Yeah, and looking into that a little bit more, the creating your remarkable or making your remarkable, um, when you first heard that phrase, when we pitched this idea to you, what what were some of the thoughts that were going through your head? Well, the, the thought that the first thing I thought about was think about remarkable and sometimes it can be perceived as we are remarkable. And I think when you think about make you remarkable, it's not about us being remarkable. It's about us fostering an environment where we make a mark on people's lives and we give the people that we serve the opportunity to make their mark on people's lives. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of pass it, you know, pay it forward kind of a notion, but um, it is, it is making an impact in the lives of other people. That's the first thing I thought of is how do, how do we make a mark and a difference in the lives of others? And that's what this show is really all about is to highlight uh, individuals and companies and uh, organizations that, that do that really well. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up. Like we're, we're kind of passing the torch onto other people to share their stories and, we're creating a remarkable culture so that they can see the remarkable experience and then bring that to their communities or to their uh, circles. So what is, why is Oconee State Bank launching this podcast? Like why should a bank have a podcast? Yeah, you know, it, it has to be about making the customer and the community the hero of the story. We want to create an environment here where we can feature uh, those individuals who may be, you know, community members, who may be uh, local businesses, might be customers of ours that are doing the things you're talking about. They're making their own mark. Well, how do we shine the spotlight on them and make them the true hero of the story? So it's not really about Oconee State Bank and saying how great we are. It's about featuring and highlighting those people that we have on the show and making them the center of attention and creating the spotlight to shine directly on them so that they're the hero uh, of the story. And that's, that's our aim here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there today and, uh, but we want to do something a little bit unique with a, with a different type of focus. So, yeah. And if you think about it, you've got all of these cultures, if not cultures, like communities where people are, striving to kind of make themselves better or uh, really just focusing on themselves. And you have this really one-sided community. But then the second you start doing something like this, where you're encouraging people within the community, whether they be competitors or customers or um, even just random people within the community to share their story and to talk about how they're making their mark, you build this 3D community that really is invested in continuing to grow each other. And it's really a really beautiful thing. Yeah, we, it's, uh, we all, if we all get stronger and better and we all do this, it just makes, uh, it makes our entire community better. And that, that's the, that's the aim. So what is, like, who is this podcast for? Well, I think the listeners of this podcast are, it really boils down to anyone who wants to be inspired, you know, by what's happening, uh, with some of these, uh, stories that we'll be uh, featuring with, with our, uh, the people that, that we have on the show. Um, so I would say, you know, business people, leaders in their organizations, um, 
those who aspire to be leaders who want to learn more maybe about how to make their mark in the lives of others um, and to learn more about the, the uh, you know, those that we have on the show, to learn more about their companies and organizations and hope that they can maybe become part of those organizations in some way, whether it's doing business with them or maybe if it's a nonprofit, maybe they want to get involved from a volunteer perspective or, you know, financial support perspective, those kind of things. So just everyone, we want everyone. Yeah. To listen. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think so. I think it will resonate with people and hopefully it'll spark something in their mind to say, wow, uh, I want to, that's, that's something that I would like to be a part of in some way. And I want to, I want to go make my mark. I want to, you know, I've, I've learned something from that show about, gosh, I want to have a different view when I go to work next Monday to come in and make a mark on the lives of people as opposed to just thinking about this as, you know, a job or how do we make a profit for ourselves? Yeah. Making your mark isn't limited to a business owner or um, an entrepreneur. It's anyone can make their mark and you want to look at and talk and learn from other people on how they're making their mark to inspire others to go make theirs. Sure. Absolutely. I think even the family, I mean, what are you doing as a parent, uh, you know, maybe a sibling, whatever it may be to make a mark, in the life of your of your family what about those organizations that you may serve are you doing something there to make a mark and a and a difference and you know, i think that's that's the thing if we, we think about teachers this is probably one of the best examples I, I think about is everybody remembers those teachers in their lives early in the early years particularly uh many of whom uh did not make they may have left a mark but it was a it wasn't a good mark. <laughs> it was a scar. Um, but then you have those who truly made a mark. And I can remember, you know, uh, a number of people. I remember Miss Scott was one of those who made a mark in my life. And you remember that. I mean, she's now passed away, but I'm still talking about her. And so her legacy lives on. And so that's, that's, that's the heartbeat of this. And I think when you do that with authenticity, the other things that, you know, the profitability and everything else that you need kind of falls in line. If, if uh, And that's why our, our whole vision, mission, values is built around this whole idea of, of making your mark. And you, you think about the word remarkable, it's really doing something worth remarking about. Um, when you think about, you know, what that word you know, really means. And... Um, but it can't be about us. It needs to be, we need to turn the spotlight to, to others. Yeah, you brought up teachers and how they've made, you know, like those teachers that make their mark on you. Um, it's funny that you brought that up. My teacher, uh, Jackie Kershey, she was my art teacher at Westminster and she passed away recently. But her, at her funeral, they talked about leaving your mark. And it was really interesting because really before I came to Oconee State Bank, I'd heard that phrase a couple times, like ad campaigns and all sorts of things, but actually hearing it from a person and realizing, oh, wow, that's, I mean, the way that she left her mark on the community was insane. She, her, her funeral, there were so many people, we actually did not have enough room for, for them mm. to fit in this building. We were at the, the Botanical Gardens, mm. um, and the people were standing outside. They couldn't even hear what was going on, mm. but they were just there really grieving her loss because of the mark that she had made on them. And think about this. It, it's the multiplication effect. It's not mm -hmm. addition. It's yeah. multiplying. So if uh, her name was... Jackie Kershey. Jackie Kershey. So think about if she made a mark on J.T. Tomlin mm -hmm. 
And then because of that, J.T. Tomlin makes a, a, makes a mark in the life of, you know, X person, and that person begins to make a mark. I mean, you have the – it multiplies. And, you know, Jackie's legacy lives on and on for, for decades. Exactly. I mean, for, for, for centuries, uh, potentially. Because it's it's it, crazy. She's, she's passed that down. And so that that's the cool part. Uh, yeah, uh, like looking at her story and her legacy, like she – inspired me to go into creativity and art and now this is my job and i'm teaching other people and mm-hmm. then those people are hopefully going to go on and do the same thing yeah really and cool it, yeah it really is looking at creating your remarkable she's a perfect example of that and looking at the people within the community there's hundreds of people doing that same thing but there's also hundreds of people who want to leave their mark but just don't know how mm-hmm. so how would you encourage someone who wants to leave their mark, but they're just kind of feeling like they're not really making an impact or they feel like they're just not, um, they're kind of stagnant in their, mm-hmm. in their mark. Yeah. That's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't think it's something you can, you can force or, um, manufacture. I, th- I think you've got to be who you are and you got to be authentic. The main thing is being authentic and real and knowing, I think awareness, you know, being aware of uh of your strengths and talents and then using those strengths and talents to impact others and i think i think there's certain things that i'm gifted at that i can do well there's other things that you don't want me doing <laughs> i can remember our our pastor at our old church you know he was not he he was not a good he was not very good at visiting people in the hospital and things of that nature he didn't know what to say you know things like that Certain things he was really gifted at, but he used to say, "If you, if I show up at the hospital, he said, you know that you're in your last days." <laughs> he said, "But but but I think I think so. I think if you but if you find those areas where you're really good and gifted, and then look for opportunities to use those gifts to impact others, I think it's I think if if you're authentic in that approach. Now I think there there are the there's some who who maybe try to make a mark in a way that is self-serving and that they really want something for that. Or I, I think that's people see through that. So I think it's got to come with authenticity. But using your gifts in a fashion uh, to impact others and then looking for opportunities to do that, I I think that's the easiest way to find you know to find those and shoot start making a list. You know, write down. They're journaling, and uh, and I can promise in the course of a day there will be a lot of opportunity uh, to, to, to do something of, of impact that will that will leave a mark. So kind of what you're saying is if you're looking to force your mark, it's not going to work. You're, you're really going to create this facade of I'm trying to make my mark, and everyone's just going to see through it that it's a really – Really, it's a selfish uh, desire. Yeah, that or, or you try too hard, and, and it's not, you know, I just think it. these things come natural. Um, and it, it can be it can be little things. I mean, uh, came into this building this afternoon, and the manager here um, was bringing in a bunk cake, and I said, "Oh, that's that's nice." And she said, "I'm just getting a little pick me up for our team on a Friday afternoon." And so, it's those little things like that, those fine details, something that she thought about. She's leaving a mark, and and you think about it. Where you really that mark becomes indelible is when, um, it's when it's done repeatedly over time. It may not be, you may not be saving you know, little kids from a burning building. You know that makes the headlines of the news. But 
bringing a bunk cake to your team and then, you know, continuing to drip. And to, over the course of time, uh, it becomes uh, sustainable and, and really meaningful. So, um, you know, I, I think there's thousands of ways to do that. So just got to be aware of them. So how are we at Oconee State Bank creating that remarkable experience? Well, I mean, my prayer and hope is just through what I just things like I just mentioned with our, our manager here, but we, we want to extend that to the customer. And yeah, I think that we talk about how do we create remarkable for our customers. And I think by creating remarkable for them, we're, we're making a mark in their life, but it can be, it's, it's everything from, you know, calling them by name. Uh, maybe you remember their, you know, favorite soft drink, you know, and have them in the fridge when they come by, Maybe it's something as simple as uh, making sure that the, what I like to call frictionless service, where when they come in, they can get their, their job done without having a lot of friction. You know, you, you, our people are competent. They can, get the, uh, they can get them in and out of the bank quickly. Our mobile applications, you know, run well because you know, everything today is moving towards the digital channels. So I don't think it's something that's major, can fade it and fall from the ceilings, you know, when they walk in and, you know, it's it's the little fine details every day that we want to continue to work on, and we're by no means perfect, but we want to continue to get better uh, as as time goes on, and pay attention to those little small things like that. Well, that's something that I've seen with Oconee State Bank. I mean, I was raised in Oconee County, so watching Oconee State Bank grow, and even just kind of seeing it from a kid's perspective to now as an adult. It's really interesting because you've got all of these different people who work on, on your front lines who are uh, greeting guests by name and talking to them about their families and their kids. And I was talking to someone um, the other day about it, and they were I was asking them why they loved Oconee State Bank so much. And they were like, it, it's so impactful for me to walk in and my banker ask me how my family's doing or or ask me how my mom's doing who's who's uh, been in the hospital for six weeks or it's a really crazy experience to do that because they, it's weird. You don't think your banker would know that, but they mm -hmm. do and they care about you. And that really changes uh, the relationship from a transaction to one that's I mean, really impactful. So you just named a number of things right there that are the small details that I was mentioning that leave a mark. So how are your, you know, how are your mom and dad doing? How's your, you know, sick aunt doing? Whatever those questions may be, it's really boils down to that that banker knowing something personal about, you know, the customers that we serve, and taking the time to care. And it, it's it's small little things like that that mean the most. So yeah, it really changes a good business. It, it differentiates a good business from a great business, one that really cares about their consumer, not someone who's just focusing on the transaction. Mm. And we talk about creating a remarkable experience and having your team members invest in their uh, customers, but how do you create a culture or even inspire that sort of commitment from your team? Well, uh, what you're referencing there is uh, the team being engaged in their day-to-day -day activities because when you're engaged, you're committed uh, to your work and to your customers. And it's interesting, an interesting statistic is that 34, this is a statistic by Gallup, so a very reputable 
2021 statistic that only 34% of American workers are engaged in their job. And so wow. that's a staggering statistic. That's on average. We have a about an 85% engagement rate at Oconee State Bank. And um, I think the key to that engagement and therefore the commitment to each other comes from connection, being connected to one another and to view their you know, view your job as a team member here um, for the good of the whole and value your team members and work for them and not just it be all about yourself. So an example of this is what University of Georgia has done with their football program. And when you go back and look at the 2000 UGA team, that was arguably the most talented team that University of Georgia has ever had. All 11 starters, those out there who are football fans will know this, all 11 starters went to the NFL. All 11 offensive starters went to the NFL. But that year, they went eight and four. Won eight games, lost four games uh, with all that talent. And when you look back at that, and you know those who are close to the program will tell you, they were all playing for themselves. They, they were discombobulated. They were... Uh, disjointed, they could care less about each other. It was more about what's in it for me. Forward to the 2021 National Championship team, uh, certainly a talented team. And you can't win championships without talent. You can't be a great bank without having extraordinary talent, no question. But the difference in that 2000 team, who was more talented than the 2021 team, was the connectedness. And so I you know, serving on the FCA board with UGA, I've got a chance to, you know, get to know Coach Smart and, and Thomas Settles, a chaplain, and they'll both tell you that's the number one DNA trait is the connection that the team has with each other. And then you take it a year later, back-to-back national champions with a less talented team than the 2021 team and won another national championship. And you'll hear both Thomas and, and Kirby talk a lot about it's because we're connected. We're playing for something bigger than ourselves. We're playing for each other. And so that means that they're fully engaged and fully committed. And so you take that to our bank. I think when, when you have a higher engagement rate, it's when you can create a sense of connectedness among all team members. And we're working diligently through a number of uh, – methods to to infuse more connectedness within our team uh, everything from small groups to i mean there's a number of things we have on, on our uh on the horizon to continue to build that connectedness and the connection with each other which leads to engagement which leads to commitment so. it's interesting that you brought that up i was in a meeting today and someone brought up the statistic that um that or not really a statistic just the fact that the two main reasons that people leave a job is one, because they don't like their boss, which is not as relevant. But the other one is um, because they don't have a work friend. Mm -hmm. They don't have someone that they feel like they can confide in at work. Mm -hmm. um, and it really goes to show that that is such a big part of creating a community and mm -hmm. a remarkable culture is having someone that you can feel safe around or someone that you can feel like you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're talking about inspiring your team to continue to grow that remarkable culture and live it out it's really important to have those small groups and those people to show that they really do care and absolutely i mean you're you're it's more than about you but you've got you know when you get to know someone 
and I mean really know someone and know their history and know their family and get to know them, you build a level of trust and respect and mutual respect and trust that you're connected. So you're willing to, um, you know, you don't want to let them down. Yeah. I don't want to let you down. And when you can build that level of, of uh, connection with each other, uh, what, what can be accomplished in terms of performance is, is unrivaled and unmatched. And I think that goes back to that culture we were talking about of high support, mm. you know, a connected team is, is what I mean, you know, by support is that everybody cares about each other. They're supporting each other. And that's not just about, you know, how, how profitable can we be, but, um, but we have a high standard just like university of Georgia. They want to win ball game. They got a very high standard, but they're playing for something bigger than just their individual. Yeah. And that's vital. I mean, we talk about, um, the relationship with a customer. I mean, you need that trust and that, that feeling of being safe and known to trust someone with your money. And even then, I mean, trusting someone to give you good advice on what to do with your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a bank, that's an extremely vital mm. skill to have as to really know your customer and to even build that relationship so that you have this level of trust where it's not that you're trying to push a product. You're really invested in the per- in this person's life you're saying hey i i know you and i know your family and i know this is the best solution mm-hmm. for you and if something's not a good solution then you're able to help coach them out of it mm-hmm. it's a really good thing yeah. to have yeah and i think you have to be honest and tell them even if it's to our detriment you know what's best for them and when you do that like you said and then you know they'll they'll trust and respect and they'll continue to do business with us but when a cool thing that's it's really funny because business owners don't think about this a lot but you might steer a client away from your product, but that relationship that you've now established of, oh, well, they actually care about my well-being, and they're saying, hey, this isn't necessarily the product I need. Well, then they're going to send someone who does need your product to you because they now trust you. You have this really, it's a really unique experience to be able to say like, um, to be able to help someone with a situation that doesn't necessarily benefit you. Mm-hmm. But you build that relationship with that person and a relationship is worth so much more than the initial uh, reward of whatever they signed up for, whatever mm-hmm. service. Oh, everything in life is about relationships. And you talk about trust. Um, I think trust has two components to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one component is certainly character. Um, you know, you want to be able to, to trust the individual to know that they're have your best interest in mind and things of that nature. But it's also competence, right? So if you're going to have, uh, I don't know, I just had have laser eye surgery recently for a torn retina, uh, detached retina actually. And, you know, <clears throat> the doctor I had that did the surgery certainly is of high character, and that's important to me. But if he were incompetent, would I want him touching my eyes? No way. And so same with people's money. I think they want someone who knows what they're doing and is highly competent, but who also has a high level of character. And I think those two things is what makes trust. I mean, those are the, you trust somebody because of those, those two things. I mean, they could be, they could have all the competence in the world and be a, be a crook when well, you don't want them as your banker. <laughs> you know, yeah. you could have a, uh, the best surgeon in the world and you know, they're, they're not, they're shady. I mean, you don't want to have that either. You know, you want both to really build that, that bond of of trust. Mm. 
So looking at those characteristics and the community which we serve in, what, uh, what do you see for the future of this podcast? Wow, so like we talked about earlier, I, I think it's making those who are on our show the hero of the story and to highlight those, whether it be a nonprofit, whether it be an individual, whether it be a, a company, to, to, to put them in the spotlight from a standpoint of really understanding what they've done to make their mark in hopes that those who listen, you know, begin to get ideas of how they can make their mark in their own respective companies and you know, entities that they may run or be a part of. So that's, re- that's really important. Um, we've talked a lot about leaders and leadership, um, especially within our community. So to you, what makes a good leader a great leader? Yeah, obviously, you know, good leaders have basic fundamentals. Um, you know, I think they're they're technically sound in, in their trade. They understand their trade. Um, they're able to cast vision. They're able to, uh, you know, str- think strategically and see the future. I mean, all the things that you would normally, you know, read in a leadership book. I mean, it, it's it, there's a, you know, there's there's no one word necessarily that you can, you know, that defines leadership. I guess John Maxwell mentioned influence is, is, a, is a word to describe leadership, but leadership is multifaceted. But I, I think if all those things exist, I mean, good leaders have to be talented and they have to have followers. You know, if you don't have followers, you're not a leader. So they get, And that's just not followers because you're the boss. It's got to be followers because they want to follow. They have a desire to follow. But a great leader, I think the, 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 the trait that differentiates really good leaders from a great leader is humility. Mm. I think great leaders are able to lead in such a way that, um, that, that it's not about them. It's about the organization and what's best for the organization. And that if they were to leave for whatever reason – that that organization would continue to thrive because they've set it up for success and it, not, it doesn't hinge on one person. And I think it takes a level of true humility to make that happen. And Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, which is a classic, he talks about that, and it's called the Level 5 Leader. And it's a leader who has all the characteristics of a, of a good leader. I mean, everything that a good leader needs, you got to have all those skills but they have a, a sense of humility. And believe it or not, those companies that he studied, all of them outperformed the stock market I'm like two times. I mean, they were higher. They had unbelievable performance, and it was that was a common characteristic. Hmm. It was a level five leader that led with, with humility. And so I, I, think, I think that's really important. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, even watching you as a, in Oconee State Bank, I mean, you're an incredible leader. Just the way that everyone at Oconee State Bank extremely respects you. I'm not saying that just to flatter you because we're on a podcast, but I mean, it's, it's very, it's very real. I mean, you, you walk into a room and everyone in that room has so much respect for you because you've led so well and you really do exude those, um, those characteristics that you're talking about. I mean, you're incredibly humble and it helps to create and build this culture that wants to grow and build and thrive off of the the remarkable experiences that you sh- that you um, that you show. 
Where's Selena? We need to give this man a really big raise. Um, <laughs> I, I will take it. Know. I will take that raise. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's very flattering and kind of you to say. But, you know, it it truly is, though. What makes that easy is the team that's in place. I mean, when you have a great – when you have great teams and, and the respective areas that, that, that love what they do and they're very capable, it, it makes that part of the job, you know, very, very easy. Um, and, um, but I appreciate the, those, those kind words. You need an award for that. The, uh, gets a compliment and immediately throws it back to his team. No, goes, <laughs> thank I mean, you so much, but my team, no, no, no that's no, no. incredible. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of say, and, but, but at the same time, I, I really do feel that, you know, I, I think if a leader is only as good as those that are, are around him mm. or her. I mean, I think anyone will tell you, will tell you that, and 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 that's part of my that's part of my job, right? Is yeah. If if that if if we don't have people in place that you're talking about what my day to day responsibilities are, I mean, that that's a reflection on me. I mean, I had a <laughs> I had a person one time tell me uh, working for me said, my job is to keep you off the front page of the newspaper. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't need bad press or because it you know it all reflects back on me, so it. I could lose sleep at night thinking, oh my gosh, is you know, but when you've got great people in the right positions, it makes it really does make things easier. But well, exactly. I mean, you're called a leader. You're someone who's you. You wouldn't be a leader without people to lead. You know, um, you can't lead no one, and so you have to have that culture and that community and that team that you've built to lead. And it's important that that team respects you and you respect your team. And I mean, it's incredible to to watch you grow. And I mean, it's been awesome for me just to see and learn all about leadership from you. Just because I mean, it's it's not like it's hard to learn from you because you you just exude leadership in such a really. Well, I appreciate that. I, I've had some great great examples in my life and career, and you know, I remember studying this you know early on in my career and asking lots of questions, and you know, and I, I've had some examples in my career of those who are you know, who have not led with humility. And then I've had some who've led with beautiful humility. And uh, I can remember one individual, uh, Lawson Forrester, he's now passed away, but we used to call him Dr. Feelgood. And uh, uh, he said, why do y'all call me that? And I said, because you're the one that can, you know, you can come in and scold us or scold me or whatever and tell us everything we're doing wrong and make us feel so good about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because he led with humility. And it wasn't, you know, I'm the boss, and here's why you got to do it. It was, and so along the way, there's been some great folks in my life that I've just tried to model, you know, and uh, don't get it right. Trust me, don't get it right. Uh, you know, have a, a lot of lot of flaws, but so do we all, and I think it's okay to fail. It's all right for yeah. our team members to fail if you're learning from the failures. And I think we have enough guardrails where there's not catastrophic failures that are going to take the bank. you got to be careful about those. But, I mean, you know, if you do something one way and it doesn't work, okay, learn from it. If you keep making the same mistake over and over, that's probably a sign of incompetence. But mm-hmm. if you learn from it and do something better, you grow, right? So Exactly. Mistakes are one of the perfect, greatest opportunities to learn from. And no question. It makes it to where you can really build that remarkable culture because you have perfect examples of where things have gone wrong where you can learn from and continue. I mean, if you don't learn from your mistakes, like you just said, it's incompetence. But if you do learn from your mistakes, you build a really firm foundation without the cracks. Yep. 
It's incredible. So kind of looking f- towards the, f- the future of this podcast and looking towards the future of Oconee State Bank, um, how, what would be your, your dream? Like to see uh, this podcast continues going, but to see how it impacts the community. Think about, you know, how, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. And so I think every podcast, if we can, if we can truly highlight and do our best work to bring in those individuals who are making their mark and we highlight those and we continue to repetitively do that over a period of time, um, I think that is what we're looking to do because that in turn creates, you know, it's like the multiplication effect we talked about. It continues to create that. So that'd be my dream uh, to see that happen. And really my last question for you kind of going off of that is what can people expect to learn from this podcast? Well, I hope that they they learn that, um, you know, that by taking an intentional approach to every day being aware of their daily duties during the course of a day, you know, being aware intentionally of how they can make a mark on the lives of others, whether it be people that they work with, that they work for, that they uh, manage or supervise, whether it be customers, whether it be friends at church or school or, you know, civic club, wherever it may be, taking the time to be intentional about making a mark in the lives of other people in a positive way so that much like your teacher and my teacher and others, Lawson Forrester and others that we've talked about, um, you know, that that we're talking about them for years to come. And so my hope is that people pick up on that and, uh, and begin to, you know, to do that themselves on a daily basis. And I, you know, I could do a better job at that. We all can. So this, even this podcast makes me more aware. All right. Well, Neil, thank you so much for joining me and talking to me a lot about uh, leadership and the future of this podcast and really just what it means to make you remarkable. I'm super excited for the rest of this podcast. Um, And for everyone listening, make sure you follow along and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or follow us on social media at Oconee State Bank for more updates about our podcast and tune in every Wednesday for our next episode. See you soon.